Well, glad to be here with you guys tonight. Good to see everybody, folks that we haven't seen for a little while. It is hard to believe that it's been 24 years since we were sitting here. Tim was here too, 24 years ago. I don't know if it was 24 years ago tonight or not, but it was uh, 24 years ago that we sat there. What Melody didn't tell you about me was that I was a prodigy. I was only eight, Uh, but it was 24 years ago. Uh, that we were here, ready to start another year of school. When I started in kindergarten, I thought, I can't wait till grade 12 till I'm done, and that's going to be it. I'm never going to school again. And then we came and started three more years of this. And then when we got done those, we realized, man, we wish we were back in school again. Uh, But we enjoyed our time here, and I know that you will as well. I will say something, though. I'm, I'm a little frightened because I don't think people around here have very good memories Last night, my very own father introduced me and didn't get all the biographical information correct, and we already had that conversation about the reasons for that and age and all of those things, Uh, but I'm thinking about these introductions, and I got to say, I really don't think that we did this 24 years ago. I do not remember being made on my first night as an official student having to stand up here in front of everybody and say my name and where I was from. I think we had to stand up where we were sitting out in the crowd, but I don't remember coming up front, so uh, kudos to all you freshmen for having the guts to get up here in front of everybody and say where you're from. Uh, I hope it uh, gets a little easier for you from there. So you're here and you're ready to start a year of school and some of you are possibly away from home and parents for the first time and all you can think about is the fact that there is so much stuff to do. Everything that has to happen when you're here. I mean, from things as simple as doing your own laundry possibly for the first time to managing your money and your time, how you're going to do all your studies and play sports or have a social life or do any of the other enjoyable things that are part of going to school. But you're really here for spiritual reasons. And I I kind of feel in some ways after hearing uh, everybody speak, Mr. Little and Mr. Hogue and Melody and everybody else that shared, I don't know if what I'm doing is necessary Because you've already heard, these are the reasons why we're here. To learn about God, to grow in your understanding of the Bible, and to learn everything that you can so you can leave here and serve Him in whatever capacity that He calls you to do in the future. How are you going to do that? You're going to go to class, you're going to read books, you're going to write papers, you're going to take exams, and those are just Dr. Doherty's classes, not to mention all of the other classes that you'll have to be expected to to take while you're here. You're going to go to theology and you're going to go to Romans. And again, those are just Dr. Doherty's classes. Then you're going to have to do Christian ethics and missions and speech and New Testament survey and all of those things. And you're going to be busy. And you're going to be immersed in studying. You're going to think you've never read so much in your entire life. You're going to be learning spiritual truth. And it's going to be good. But I have to reiterate what has already been referred to at least tonight, and that is that I want to caution you to not forget one thing. 
Do not forget in all of the activity and all of the studying and all of the writing and all of the thinking and all of the discussing that the absolute most important thing in your entire life is the relationship that you have with God. It's that love relationship that means more than any of this. Any of the things that will happen, any of the things that you will learn, that's the most important thing. Having a love relationship with God and being the person that God wants you to be, I have to tell you, from having some life experience, not as much as some that are here tonight, but that love relationship is much more important than anything that you can ever do for God. Much more important. We come by this passion to do stuff for God very honestly as human beings. It's the way that we're wired. I don't know why it started out this way. I don't know why it has happened this way. I don't know if it was all the way back in the Old Testament when God gave the law to the Israelites. The books of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, you read all of the law spelled out. You read the Ten Commandments, of course, in the book of Exodus. And if you know anything about the history of the Old Testament and into the New Testament at all, you'll you'll know that there were groups of people that rose up called Pharisees and Sadducees. And there were even the rabbis who were trained to be the teachers for God's people. But not only did they teach God's law, they elevated the law to the point where it was to be revered in itself. And that by the following of the law and the the completion of the law and the practicing of the law, that was the way to please God. If you read much of the New Testament at all, you'll know that Christ spent a lot of his time kind of refuting those ideas and debating with the Pharisees and other groups who had those kinds of thoughts. Unfortunately, I think that we've kind of done the same thing in our modern times. We don't take strips of leather and wrap them around our wrists with little wooden boxes and put the law in them like some of the very strictest of the Pharisees did. But we kind of have a list of things that every good Christian is supposed to do, don't we? Every good Christian is supposed to go to church two or three times a week. Every good Christian is supposed to read his or her Bible every day and do a little devotional with it. And every good Christian should be praying every day and before meals. And every good Christian should be volunteering at their church. And our bulletins are full of activities that are going on. This is what we think God wants, but what does God really want? You say, well, my goodness, I'm here. What more could God want? Some of you have been thinking about this for a long time. And you've been waiting to graduate from high school so that you can come here to school. Others of you may have made this decision in just the last few days. You may have made this decision because you knew it's what your parents wanted you to do or you knew it's what your pastor thought you should do. You're going to go to class and you're going to read the Bible and you're going to read lots of books and you're going to do your practical Christian service. But what does God really want? In Mark chapter 12, Christ is having one of these conversations with some of these guys who were up on the law. They had it down pat. They knew 
that there were multiple laws, dozens and dozens of laws. And as they talked with the Lord, they were trying to find out what he thought about all these things, trying to find ways to trip him up, trying to find ways to disprove his authority. We come in Mark chapter 12 to verse 28, where one of the teachers of the religious law decided to ask him a question. Mark 12, 28 says this, One of the teachers of the law was standing there listening to the bait. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? I don't know if you've ever felt this way before, but sometimes we feel a little bit overwhelmed because there's so much. And when you start spending this year just in a very few days start taking the Bible and reading it for all it's worth and seeing all that is contained there, sometimes we can get overwhelmed. There's so much that we're supposed to do. Please tell us, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. Christ begins his explanation of the most important commandment by saying God is God alone. He's the only one that's worthy of our attention. He's the only one that deserves our worship. This is a quote from the book of Deuteronomy. You see, in the middle of explaining the law and giving the law to the people, and as Moses wrote it down so the people of Israel could have it in the book of Deuteronomy... We find out that God never intended for the law to be all about doing stuff for God. It was intended to show us how much we need God. And he quotes Deuteronomy. Our God is the one and only Lord. Look at verse 30. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Love God with all you are and all you have. He gives four different ways there. Your heart spiritually, your soul emotionally, your mind mentally, your strength physically. Love God with everything you have. That's it. This is the most important thing. And I want to challenge you tonight that the most important thing in your life right now and for the rest of your lives as you walk with God has to be that love relationship. It's through this relationship, it's through this intimacy with God that He speaks to us, that He guides us, that He leads us, that He gives us wisdom, that He directs our path. It's all connected to this relationship. It's the source of everything for our lives. How do we get that kind of relationship? Well, there are no shortcuts It takes a lot of time. It takes dedication. It takes passion. There's no other way to develop it. You've met my wife, Melody. Melody and I have been married for almost 19 years. We've known each other for quite a bit longer than that. We dated for some time before we were married, and one of the things that we did a lot when we were dating was talk on the phone. Now, I need to pause here just for a moment to explain a couple of things. Because when we were dating, phones were not little flat rectangular things that you slipped in your back pocket. 
You may or may not know this, but they used to be mounted on walls in our homes. There was one section that was fastened directly to the wall with a wire coming through the wall into it. And there was another part that was about this long, kind of oblong and curved shape that was attached by a cord to the piece that was attached to the wall. And to dial it, you had to press numbers to get someone on the other end. Now, your grandparents, that's how your parents dialed the phone. Your grandparents had to go like this. That was a long time ago. But we had to pick up the phone off the wall and go like this. So, you know, there were no cell phones. There was no caller ID. And I know it's hard to believe that there was a time like this. But yes, there was no texting. No texting. And so when I picked up the phone and punched in those numbers, 3754742, to call Melody's house, I didn't know who was going to pick up the phone. Now, it was very easy most of the time because her mother had a very, very strong Irish accent. And she was the only other female currently living in the house. So I would know instantly if it was Melody or her mother, but it got really tricky around Christmas time because Melody has four sisters and they were always home. And so when I would call over on the phone, someone would answer that phone and I had to quickly decide whether it was Melody or whether it was Sharon, Debbie, Joy or Joanna. I didn't do well for a long time. But I began to recognize Melody's voice on the phone. I started to learn what it sounded like. I started to learn her habits, her patterns of how she would answer the phone, what she would say, what it would sound like. And it got to the point as we spent more and more time talking and I spent more and more time listening to her voice that I began to recognize it very well. And by the end of our time dating and I would call over, it wouldn't have mattered how many people were in that house, I would know if it was her. And I would dare say that today, if we were to go back to that time when our phones were like that, we didn't have caller ID, that if she called and I picked up the phone, I would instantly know that it was her. We've spent almost half of our life together. We have a history together. We've enjoyed some very incredibly awesome times together. We've had some incredibly difficult times together. I know everything there is to know about her. And I recognize her voice completely. Do you know why I did that? Do you know how I did that? Only one reason. You know what it is? I was going to say was, but it is. Because I love her. I loved her then, and I love her now. And my passion to know her drove me to spend that time listening and interacting and getting to know everything about her so that I could recognize her voice. And the same principle applies to our relationship with God. It takes that same kind of time, takes that same kind of passion, takes that same kind of dedication 
to interact with Him, to listen to Him, to read Scripture for yourself, to learn it on your own, and to connect to Him. Let me read you a couple of verses from John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 2 says this, Christ is speaking, John 10, 2, the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. Listen to this. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, listen, and they follow him because they know his voice. They know His voice. Everything in your Christian life, everything about knowing God, everything about experiencing His work in your life, everything about knowing God's will depends upon the quality of your relationship with God. And your obedience will be a clear indication of the quality of that relationship. John chapter 14 verse 21 says, Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. I talk with people all the time who say things like, How do I know what God wants? How do I know God's will? How do I know what I'm supposed to do? Why doesn't God reveal Himself to me? And my answer to them is always this. God will do that. You will know His voice. You will understand His leading. You will know what it is that He wants you to do. As you draw closer to Him each day, and as you, because you love Him, Listen to His voice. Read His Word. Spend time developing that relationship. God created you to have this relationship with Him. And unless your relationship with Him is everything that it should be, unless it is that close, everything else in your life will be out of whack. I remember one evening when all of us were together while we were here at school. I don't actually remember the occasion. I'm not sure why we were all together. But I think it was my junior year, my second year here. One of the guys who was a year ahead of us stood up and said he had something to share. This fellow was president of his class He was well-liked by everyone. He was an excellent student. He was a good guy. Everybody loved him. He was somebody that a lot of us as underclassmen looked up to and respected. And he stood up and said, I have to tell you something. Just the other day when I was spending some time alone with my Bible, I realized something. I realized that I had never trusted Christ as my Savior. (laughs) Could have hit a pin drop. Wow. 
what is he talking about? Is he losing his mind? (laughs) Did he hit his head? What's going on? He was doing everything that needed to be done. If you had asked anyone, they would have said, this is the guy that has got it together. Look at everything he's doing. He was only missing one thing, relationship with God. You can complete every assignment. You can ace every test. You can get a 4.0 on your transcript. You can be a star student and a model Christian. But my question for you tonight is this. How is your relationship with God? More than anything else, God wants you to love Him. He wants you to trust Him. He wants you to stay close to Him. I want you to read the books. I want you to write the papers. I want you to take the exams. I want you to study hard. I want you to do well. Give it everything that you have. But don't forget about the relationship. Don't read the, pa- read the books and write the papers and take the tests because that's what you've got to do to get a grade. Do it because you love God and you want to know Him. quality of your Christian life and your ability to hear His voice and to know His will and experience His working depends completely on the quality of your relationship. Let's dream for a second before we finish. Imagine how different your life would be if the absolute most important thing was your relationship with God. Imagine how different your life would be if you could say, I truly love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Would it change your life? Would it change your decision making? How would it change the school if all 80 or 85 students could honestly answer that question by saying, yes, I love God with everything I've got. That's the most important thing. Parents, staff, how would it change your life? How would it change our churches? How would it change our communities? If we could all say that with everything that we had, with all the passion we could muster. I love him with all my heart and soul and mind and strength. I'm glad you're here. But I want you to know that God is not calling you to a task. This is not about compiling credits and getting a diploma. God is calling you to a relationship. I appreciate my diploma. I have it. I appreciate everything that I learned here and all the time I had to study here and to learn here and to grow here. But when you get to the point in your life when you are starting to live real life, you know what you're going to need? Not a diploma. You're going to need a real love relationship with God because that's the only thing that will sustain you.
Let's pray. Father, thank you for your wonderful grace. Your grace that knows no end. We recognize that we do not deserve the privilege to have this kind of relationship with you. But you have chosen in your wisdom to offer it to us freely. Thank you so much for that. I pray for every person that's here this evening, for every student, parent, staff, and faculty member, Lord, that we would be able to take a moment to honestly examine our hearts, to ask ourselves, do I love God with everything that I have? Can I answer that question with an affirmation? Help us to work hard. Help us to stay close. Help us to do everything that you have asked us to do. But Father, may we do it for one reason, because we love you. Draw us closer to yourself, Father. Supply everything through that relationship that we need, for it's all that truly matters. In Christ's name, amen.